0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Can't Tell Us Nothing show. This yeah. This is the Can't Tell Us yeah. Nothing show you're listening to. The yeah. sounds yeah. you're hearing are the sounds of Can't Tell Us Nothing, an improv group out of Houston, Texas. In this improv group, you'll find four magical individuals. One of those people are called Amici. That's me. Another is John. What's up? What's up? <laughs> A third is Tandy. Oh, yo. I- that's right. And <laughs> <laughs> lastly, it's me, Antoine. And like I said, we're an improv group out of Houston, Texas. What is the Kids Health Nothing Show? The Kids Health Nothing Show is a show where we take uh, opinions, discussions, topics, turn those into improv scenes right on the spot. Get back to the conversation. We make it up as we go. You'll get it. Uh, a lot of times, we have special guests on our show to help us talk and conversate and inspire. Today, we have a very special guest, uh, someone who has been on the freedom-fighting side for a long time, uh, author of, of politically motivated books and, and health and dieting and fitness books, but also host of Politics Done Right, Egberto. I say, how do I say that? Is that okay?
1: I think that was perfect, my friend. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah, yeah. So tell the little people a little bit about, uh,
1: Tell the people a little bit more about what you do and who you are. Well, first of all, let me just say that I'm honored to be with you guys. That's numero uno. Number two is that it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun because in the in the pre to this show, man, you guys have been, you know, uh, we need some fun in these times, right? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, so, I mean, I'm going to be dependent on you guys keeping me happy. But anyhow, my name is Egberto Willis. I am the host of a show called Politics Done Right. It's hosted uh, on the internet as well as on KPFT ninety point one FM, Houston, Texas. Actually, uh, it's five days a week on the internet and uh, from three to four Central Time, and it's one day at KPFT on Tuesdays at three PM Central Time. Anyhow, we discuss uh, real issues, things that are going on. We have a we're a decidedly progressive show. Uh, we believe in everything progressive, but we 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 allow ourselves uh the, we allow ourselves to change. In other words, um, I I make it my business to learn from everybody who contacts my show, who calls me, who have the you know who, wherever I am, I make sure to take a whole lot of input from that because I tell you what, more than likely, some of what you guys gonna show me on this show will appear on mine as well. So <laughs> that's who I am. I'm a political activist in town. I go to all the marches before COVID and all of, and all of that. And so we, what, what, the, the whole idea is I think all of us doing this kind of work can make a material difference in the country and that we have to do this to make a material difference in the country. I do it sort of on the political side, and I am just waiting to see what you guys do with this stuff because I know that your inspiration as well uh, plays its parts in the, in the entire body politic.
2: You hear that? We play a part in the entire body politic,
0: <laughs> doing something important. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you are yeah. too kind. <laughs> um. Oh man. So, how long have you been hosting Politics
1: Done Right? Um. I started Politics Done Right. I think it was around uh two thousand and. Eight when Barack Obama uh, was running, and you know, I think he needed some backup. but I it was sort of ad hoc. I, I've been blogging for a very long time, and um, I blogged since I for, for a while I worked for corporate America and had my own software business. Uh, I couldn't pretty much blog in my name, right? Because kind of hurt business and right, so um, I did it under a lot of pseudonyms and so forth, but as soon as my daughter went off to, um, the college, it was like, "Hey, I can, I can really be who I want to be." I mean, I live in a place. I mean, I live in a place called Kingwood, Texas, conservative, the most conservative part of uh, Houston, you know, yeah. and uh, is that, I is that I on purpose? In- Huh? Do you live there on purpose,
3: being very progressive? <laughs> strategically specific? moved there.
1: Yeah. You know nice. what? <laughs> you, know, I, I, you know what? I think maybe that was a genesis of my book. Live in, a pro- live in a conservative area so I can really talk to these people. You know, it's, we kind of like to talk to the choir, right? And I don't mm-hmm. want to talk to the choir. I want to talk to the people where we're going to really make a change. Actually, the reason that we move out here is I didn't know much about anything. I came here, saw the trees, loved it, and moved here. That's uh, the okay, truth. Yeah, so okay. The trees a, are beautiful. But my other tr- my other story is that hey, you don't want to talk to the choir. But actually, I didn't want to. Um, I didn't want to. Um, uh, my daughter to have to face that her daddy was this pinko liberal. Mm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, what, so so when she moved, <laughs> so when she moved, yeah. what was? Can you describe the decision to actually get from behind the keyboard and in front of the mic more? Well,
1: um, it, wasn't, it wasn't difficult. I mean, I, I grew up doing things like uh, poetry, reciting and all that kind of stuff in you know, both English and Spanish back in Panama. So coming in front of a mic was never uh, like a difficult thing, you know? And not only that, when I, I went to the University of Texas, Austin, and back in 19, I'm going to age myself now, back in 1980-something, I was on the, on, on those, um, on the malls marching for with my, for Mandela and uh, trying to get the university to divest from oh, South nice. Africa and all that mm. kind of stuff. So, I mean, it was, this wasn't like, this was just uh, where, in effect, I was directing it as opposed to being on the direction from all the other people that I worked with in these different forms of activism throughout my, you know, throughout throughout my college career and then later on, again, hidden, sort of a hidden manner. So this was just ready to come out.
2: Ooh.
1: How, is your, how
3: did your daughter feel about, you know, you being somewhat radical? You know, like, has she caught the bug or is she more kind of like just there for school? Because college is kind of like a nice opportunity for you to kind of challenge. Right. Your, your view and, you know, um, especially today. But like, how does she, how does like that impacted your relationship with
1: and not, not a problem. She, I mean, she she accepts what I do. And I. she didn't realize that the reason I hadn't come out before was because of her, because I never told her anything like that, to throw the guilt <laughs> trip on her or anything like that, you know? But she supports me. But the, we used to kind of have some interesting discussions, because when she was at UT, I wanted her... She went to the same school as well. I want. She's at Howard now, uh, Howard University in, in D.C. Um, yeah. I wanted yeah, yeah, yeah. her to... Um, to be more involved in in politics in at the university, it just wasn't her. So you can Actually, really can't you really force a kid to to do that. Uh, but she supports me, and now that she's she's working on her um her medicine degree at Howard, and she you know we talk this deep politics a lot. She's just not the radical that her dad is, you know.
3: You got it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got. I, a, I got one. I got one. <clears throat> We cut, to, um, we cut to a father having a conversation with his daughter. Um, hey, Tandy. Um, yeah,
2: Dad.
3: I know you're getting ready to go off to college, and
2: um, nobody's more proud than me. Oh, thank you. I mean, thank you, Dad. Um, yeah, I just want to let you
3: know that we, we, me and your mother sacrificed so much to get you to this point.
2: I, I thank you so much for that. I, you don't even understand what it means to me. I'm going to make you guys proud. I'm going to. I'm going to do everything, everything um, that you expect me to do, that you prepare me to do. Right, right. Um, since you
3: talked about expectations, I wanted to let you know that uh, I was thinking about running for president. Now, I had this thought back in college, you know, but once, you know, once your mom got knocked up with you, I, you know, we had to make some different choices. Uh-huh. So we figured we'd wait until we got you out of the nest, right? Because your dad had a horrible past. I mean, horrible. We did not want you to, you know, I want to be running for president and all that nastiness come out when you're in elementary school, but I don't really care if you're in college. But I just want you to know, wait.
2: whatever happens, we love you. Hey, Dad, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, I know that you, you wanted me to be older, but I just want you to know that whatever horrible things you've hidden from me, finding out about them now will still impact me. I'm still going to I'm still going to feel a certain way. It, it it can really warp my whole view of the world and of you and of relationships. I, don't do it, Dad. Just, Listen, darling. Baby, you've been in this house
3: for the last 18, 18 years. years. Yeah. You know me, okay? I'm the same daddy who got you out of the womb, the same daddy that that fix your pancakes this morning. All right? I
2: know. I know. It doesn't
3: have to change anything. All you have to do is just think about how you are with me
2: and everything else is okay. All right? But but that if, if you run for president and if you have- And if, you I'm say, not
3: really the one to be worried about. It's really your mom's past, you know, but what, we're not going to get into that. You know, we're not going to get into that. yet.
2: Why, why are you waiting to, we're sitting here waiting on the plane to leave and you want to tell me this right now? This is, we, you you well, probably could have talked to me beforehand to prepare me a little bit. I'm about to leave, it's, I'm about to board. The plane is- I
3: know, I know, I know. This is a lot for you.
2: A it's lot, a, dad. It's a lot.
3: it's a lot, but think of it this way. Some people's parents don't run for president ever.
2: That's good, that's not a bad I know, thing. I
3: know, look it's at the a, positive, look at the positive. I'm running for president. You know, and, and that's going
4: yeah, to outweigh. We, we, we to, uh, Tandy at school. Um, she's uh, in one of the dining halls. She's just sitting down for breakfast at a oh. table. Hey, um, you're Tandy, right? Yeah. Hey, my, my name is Mike. Um, Hi, Mike. Hey, um, I saw your dad was running for, for president. He's like oh. putting your followers up with, with him.
2: Yeah.
4: Um, and all that stuff is coming out about him, about how he... Would steal pancakes from neighbors to, to feed you guys.
2: And, I had and no it. idea, Mike. This is you don't understand. I I would just wake up and the pancakes were there. And he says, "Tandy, good morning. I made your pancakes." I didn't know he was stealing from our neighbors. This is
4: yeah. He was doing it for almost
2: for eighteen years. He for said, eighteen, 18 years. Mike. I sat here at this table because you know nobody knows me here. I've I've gone from table to table every morning. You know, right. somebody's bringing up something that they heard about my dad from um, his run for president. Hey, well,
1: hey, listen, I, I, I don't think you can
4: sit here. Um, I am really not gonna steal your pancakes. You I'm not, pancakes.
2: but I'm not gonna steal them. I don't. I don't steal. That's my apparently. That's my dad. I didn't know. I,
0: hey, are you are you Tandy? Yes. Oh, look. Hey, hey. I'm a criminal justice major and I just want to know if it's okay if I just follow you around and no. keep my eye on you growing no. up in a crime family. You may have some tendencies that I no, can it's, observe.
2: It's not okay. It is not okay for you to follow me around, guys. I'm a student. I'm just like you, okay? I'm I'm not my parents. That's them. I'm me. Just, please just let me be myself here. This is
0: Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? If we open up your backpack, would we find pancakes in it?
2: No, I don't steal pancakes.
0: Would you mind? Hmm? You find opening your bag. Yeah, you mind opening your bag so we can take a look?
2: Fine. Yeah, look at my bag. I don't care.
0: He dumps it out. Some pancakes fall out. That's a from dad on it.
2: (laughs) I just got a package from the mail. I didn't know my dad sent me pancakes, I didn't oh know. Oh my
0: God, oh, oh my God.
2: He is ruining my, my college experience. I, I got to call him, but I, I, I got to call him. So Tandy runs away from the dining hall, back to her room and she calls her dad.
3: Hey baby, baby. Hey, I
2: got your package, dad. Oh, you did? Yeah. And I know I didn't talk to you. I didn't wanna to talk to you about all this information coming out about you stealing pancakes, but you don't have a right to send me stolen pancakes in the mail. I was just embarrassed in front of my classmates. They might even turn me wait in. A, wait
3: a second. How, how, did the, how did these students know that you had pancakes?
2: They, they asked to see what was in my backpack and I didn't oh. think that they-
3: You know, that candidate that I'm running against is getting pretty aggressive. I told you about this, Tandy. Think I told is, you.
2: You think this is from the opposition? You this think the opposition- is from my
3: opposition. Students right? on
2: campus who- There is
3: <laughs> no proof that I stole the Henderson's pancakes or the Willis's pancakes. Matter of fact, if I did, I would tell them that they pancakes be dry as hell. All right? That's what there, I would tell That's
4: knock at Tandy's door.
3: Hold on a minute, Dad. Hold on. Come in.
4: Hi, I'm a Special Agent Smith for the FBI. Um, <laughs> I heard there was a, you're in possession of some stolen goods from another state, which is an interstate crime.
2: Dad, the FBI is in my room. The FBI is here, dad. The FBI? Yes. It's an interstate crime. You sent me stolen pancakes through the mail.
3: Hold on. I think I'm going through a bad section. I'll call you back in a second.
0: Hand scene. And that is,
3: <laughs>
2: that's how it goes. I'm assuming that's how that works. What? <laughs> The one thing you want in college is your parents' support. Get your parents to tell you they're going through a bad area and you can't communicate with them. <laughs> That's terrible.
3: That is the worst time, that, Like your parents just dirt all out in the open when you're in college, right?
2: Yeah. Fortunately, though, whatever came out about you, Mr. Huberto, is the fact that you are progressive. <laughs> it's not like anything bad. It's a good thing. The good stuff. Great thing. Awesome thing. You were handing pancakes. out pancakes. Yeah. But no, I was, uh, before we went into that scene, I was about to say, you know, the parents' expectations because my father was very, very involved in, um, uh, you know, freedom fighting and very politically, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, involved. And that was, I always felt like that was his expectation of me and my brother. But I figured, he done so much of the fighting, like you know, it's like you clean the house. What you need us to do. <laughs> like? It's already done. and aren't you you doing this for us, I, right? I, 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 so it's pretty much done. Right? It's like overkill. No, it's like <laughs> it overkill if we do the same thing. But um, but uh, but then too, you know, it you don't take ownership of those um ideas and and uh, you know what what people are fighting for until you get to a point of maturity where you see it for yourself. And then um, I remember in college, we uh, took over the president's office and it was uh, it was in the, the newspaper, like the school newspaper. And I sent my father a copy. He he is still in his in his file cabinet somewhere. He was so proud of that. He's just going around. You see this? You see what they doing out there? You see. What? So
1: uh, it comes in time. That's what I'll say.
2: It, it comes in time.
1: I have my, my experience with my daughter, when she gets political, it's through her Instagram. And when she has one of those political things out, it's like, heart, heart, heart. I
2: bet you're really yeah. proud, man. Yeah, yes. we get the message. We get it. But you can't, I mean, but as a kid, though, growing up and just like protest rallies and stuff, that stuff goes over your head. All you know is that it's it's um interrupting the stuff you want to do as a kid. That's all you know. Right? Mm-hmm. That's 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 it. Yeah, you know, who wants old, to go to a Gil Scott Heron concert at, at really, eight nine? Yeah, as I an really- adult as an adult, but back then it was like what are you doing where's michael jackson why am i listening to this <laughs> i just <feel> so angry <laughs> you just i'm you let me work out some of my stuff tonight
0: <laughs>
2: this is this is it's become personal you can't you can't be too
3: you shouldn't be focused on consciousness when your child is seven no no i think what should, is what is
0: a good age to get a child aware and and or involved in politics
3: What is a good what is a good age for your child to be woke Ooh, mm-hmm, to you can open like their judge eyes. the parents like hey man the kids in kindergarten he's a little behind on his wokeness <laughs> you know right. you know i mean it's was it a good age to introduce that outside of well well no, that's a good question i, I want to hear people's thoughts, man.
1: man when my daughter was eight years old i had the talk with her you know she when, when do you go from uh, elementary school to middle school uh I,
2: like uh, 11, 10, 11 Wait. I think.
1: Yeah. yeah I, I think I 11. did it before that, though. But I sat mm-hmm. her. We were in the office <clears throat> here, and as you know, uh, Kingwood is is pretty white, and so I looked at her and I said, "I'm going to tell you something. You see, all these friends that you have right now, I guarantee you're going to see how it changes as uh, they grow older, and then they realize that you have a little bit of a hue, right?" <laughs> And that's a nice way of putting it. You know, that's not what really I, and not what I yeah. said. And uh, I remember yeah. the one thing, yeah. I, <laughs> one thing I remember, she cried, though. She cried when I told her what was going to happen. But the good thing about it is when it happened, she was all no big deal, you know, uh, because w- we all know whenever you go into these environments, what what it's really going to be like. So she's she was uh, schooled from she wa- was really tiny we put you here, but we're going to make sure that you're prepared to be here and that you're not going to be, first of all, you're not going to grow up not knowing who the hell you are. And if, yeah. if, you, if you see her now, she knows who the hell she is. Yeah, which is really
3: important. And like you said, I, I think of it as like you were giving her like foundational emotional IQ you know, skills, like recognize this thing that's about to happen just because of the nature of the culture that mm-hmm. we live in, the nature of how things move. Um, I had that same, my, my experience came through sports. I got, I got mine's early because of sports. And once you start getting competitive, that's when you start seeing people trying to take advantage of their advantages, Ooh. even in the little league, you know, uh, little league games. And there was a, um, a black baseball team that everyone loved in the city called the wood uh, <laughs> and they remodeled out the brains. But it was all young, all inner city black kids and they were going around beating the hell out of all these teens. And I remember being so excited about hearing them play and then trying to go to a game and then seeing the quote unquote mobs of oppositions that the words they would use towards these little kids. And I would be like, why, why are they so angry? Why are they so nasty towards these little kids? And then me having to have that conversation with a coach, or with my parents, you know, like you're going to you're going to be called an N word just because you are, you know, you're going to beat the hell out of some team one day. And that's the only thing that they're going to use. Right. Wow. Um, so like it, it, I've seen it. I've had that conversation a lot, um, but I also had the other conversation, which is um, on the individual level, like meeting your friends, you know, like my mom will let. Certain kids come over and certain ones not. And I used to be like, "Why wow, she so mean?" But she was character, you know, quality control. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> no, you can't come in here. You're you're spoiled. You gotta get out of here, you know. Or you you you. I have to. I don't trust you, right? Or I don't trust your intentions with my son. Um, so I had both of those kind of uh, skills that I kind of had to develop just by playing sports mm. and understanding power sports, you know. Wow.
2: Right
3: yeah yeah it's crazy that was the first time i was called n-word was during a a game
1: (laughs) game. i was called n-word when i came here at 18 walking down brenham texas because i I started out at Blinn for my first year Mm. and i was walking with some of my friends from south america and we were walking down and um Never forgot the guy shot in it right out of the truck. You know, yeah. Like, okay, welcome <laughs> to America. <the> <laughs>
3: Somebody not say it to him. You know? I need to go that one before
1: he doesn't get out of the city. Um,
3: That's crazy. What were you yeah. thinking to get? Like,
1: what happened? What was going through your mind? Well, I mean, it was, we were just walking down, you know, 18 year old kids having fun walking down the streets. And I remember them saying something to being in the wrong neighborhood or it wasn't neighborhood because it was like downtown, but it's being in the wrong place or something and then calling out the words. But ironically, while I knew the word because I'm from Panama in, and I lived among, uh, you know, Americans, there are a lot of Americans in Panama on the Canal Zone. Mm-hmm. And so we knew that. But these, these other guys didn't got a clue what was happening, you
2: know. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, yeah. I got oh, it wow. quickly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I just knew, hey guys, vamonos, let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, directions out of here, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah, I think it's, you're never too young. I think, you know, if you, well, I'm gonna just speak from my own experience then. because, you know, ours was from birth. We never, there was never not that, conver- not that specific conversation, but about political, the political nature of my blackness, what that means, mm-hmm. um, you know, in America. Like my parents wouldn't let me or my brother say the Pledge of Allegiance in school. We had our own pledge, you know, or we sat down and we abstained. So um, you know, I don't think I don't think anything is too young. I d I don't think you really understand it or you can appreciate it really until you get older. But um, yeah, I don't I don't think any age is too young. I, I don't think so. You know, looking, you know, looking back, I don't think oh, so. Oh, I'm sorry.
4: Uh-huh. Uh, we, we talked to um a man and his pregnant wife. Hey, uh, babe. Yes. Um, so I know you've been having, uh, you know, you, you, um, you take my headphones and you uh, put some music on and, you know, play, play for the, the baby, you know, to mm-hmm. so you know, we'll recognize these songs and, you know, the things that we, we love when it comes out and, you know, that, that baby Mozart thing and everything. Um, I'm glad you
0: noticed. Okay.
4: Um, I have something I want him to listen to as well.
0: Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. What is this? It?
4: It's the audiobook of the autobiography of Malcolm X.
0: You you want to listen to the autobiography of Malcolm X? Yeah, yeah, I, I want him to be born woke, you know. Um, I mean, I guess it's fine. He's a a not even a baby yet. He's. Becoming a baby, he doesn't have yeah, a sense of knowledge. Start, start learning!
4: It's too It'll, early to it'll just
0: be sounds to him. I'd rather him hear your voice than some audiobook narrator.
4: You want to read the book? <laughs> I can read the book like, while you sit there. And, you know, I, I just you just do that night. I can just come in and and you know read excerpts and, and things from the book.
0: That's great. That's great. Hey, my thoughts. thoughts. Hmm. That, that sounds great. You know, I do want you to read to him. Again, I just want to make sure the expectation is not being set that he will be born woke and knowing the life of Malcolm X. I just want to make sure that you understand that's not how the baby works. Um, <laughs> that, that, Do you that understand? <laughs> no, no I know
3: that, is, That's we what cut, I want. We cut to the, uh, the, the operating room. Um, excuse me, ma'am. It's been... Um, it's been over 16 hours. I'm, I'm, I'm getting the vibe that the baby won't come out unless we ask some of our Caucasian doctors to leave the room. You're That's getting Caucasian. the vibe? Yeah, yeah. Every time one of them leaves, you start having contractions and you know, start putting two and two together. And I don't think you are personally doing that, but it could be the baby. I've, I've seen this case before.
1: A few Look, times. I, don't,
0: I don't care what you need to do. Get this baby out of me, all right? Yeah, I, I'm I'm, well, I'm, hard, I'm having a hard time focusing on your words right now. Talk to my husband. Okay,
3: listen, I'll, I'll talk to your husband. Listen, sir, um, you have an iPad. Can you, can you turn on some James Brown? And um, I'm going to ask a lot of my nurses to get out, all the ones that are a little lighter, you know, lighter lighter <laughs> hues. Um, okay. And then as soon as they hit that door, all right, I want you to stand there because it will take me some time to run back. And the baby's going to come. Are you ready for that? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Uh, you said James Brown? Some James Brown, anything, Prefer- preferably you know, you know, black so and I'm proud, it. but but anyone yeah. that you like that has soul.
0: Well, yeah, that's, that's um, the only one I have, you know. Sir, I, uh, I have to. I'm, I'm just curious. Problem. Yeah. What are you insinuating right now about my baby?
3: I'm not insinuating anything. I am reading the patterns of science, ma'am. And mm-hmm. every time one of my co-doctors walks out of that room, not any of us, not any of like you know, like my my doctor right here, uh, Tandy, Dr. Tandy. Yes. She's been here the whole time. We have not seen one contraction until one of our other doctors leaves the room. So I'm assuming you got a woke baby inside you. It's not the first time Memorial Herman has seen a little baby, by the way. <laughs> we get a lot of them around here. It's, it's, it's a new things happening within the is last it, decade.
0: Is it because the... Autobiography of Malcolm X is now on Audible at a reduced price. Well, that's what I was assuming. I mean, it's either that
3: or uh, the autobiography Frederick Frederick Douglass. Some, uh, there's a few of them out there that you might be able to get your hands on. But
2: we cut to the we cut to the <clears throat> we cut to the nursery at uh, Memorial Herman. Babies, my fellow babies. <laughs> <laughs> My fellow babies, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I have your ear today. And that's good. Keep with that baby talk. Let's keep throwing them off. They don't need to know what we're planning or how we're thinking. It's a great day to be amongst the woke
0: <laughs> <laughs> and seeing. <laughs> there's like I'm a whole thing, section though. that's separate. <laughs> section woke the of daycare. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Babies are born like with their eyes open and their necks already moving they're already like ready for everything <laughs> speaking of
0: speaking of having um uh, tough conversations i wanted to ask you egberto about your book it's worth it um could you tell us a little bit about you know what it's about and what inspired
1: it okay sure um <clears throat> a-, a while back i uh, i was i was really a wild left-wing progressive liberal whatever you call it, that take that took no prisoners in other words the right was simply wrong right and and all that kind of stuff and as you got old as you get older you kind of realize that things aren't uh you know being right is not enough being right and is not enough so i joined an organization after seeing this young woman uh called coffee party usa and what we were we were in an organization that Try to get people of different political persuasions to work together, not asking anybody to give up their particular ideology, but simply to have the conversation. And my theory is uh, usually if you can have the conversation, uh, the, the best ideas actually r- runs itself to the top. And as all of us know, the best ideas are progressive. So that's what usually run (laughs) ultimately right so i joined i joined the organization and i kept on doing what i did but you know it also taught me how to talk to other people and it also lent itself to me being able to reach a new audience altogether and um since things were so bad i've been thinking about writing this book for a long time and the the whole idea was uh how do we uh how do we put ourselves in a posture to talk to people that completely disagree with you mm-hmm. and i want to tell you a, a little story using the medicare for all uh, thing i was sitting down in starbucks place to work at starbucks do all my blogging at starbucks there are times i'd be 10 hours at starbucks wow. and this woman comes in and. Um, a nice white lady comes in and she sits next to me and she says, "I see you here all the time. What do you do?" And I'm like, ah, "Well, I write a lot of blogs and that sort of stuff." She said, "Oh, but I never told her i was a progressive living in Kingwood. She probably thinks I'm one of these black Republicans out here." So I said, um, "So we started talking and she was talking about healthcare and I started telling her about healthcare and how I uh, how it should work and we had a good conversation. I'm telling her about why I think." Uh, if if there was one 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 insurance company paying it and paying the bills and all of that, in effect, what I did was described Medicare for all in terms that she could understand. I didn't say the government was the single payer. I just said an insurance company. In my case, mm-hmm. company that is the government would be the single mm-hmm. payer. I so I, I, I her, and I meant she ate everything. She was ready to go. And my man, I'm like, I sure hope you don't tell your husband about this conversation because he's going to see exactly what it is. So I, after a while, I got, you know, I kind of felt bad because I said, hey, I just want to let you know that I am likely the most liberal person you have ever spoken to in your life. And I am, you know, I told him I'm a democratic socialist and that these are, these are things that I believe in. She looked me straight in the eye. She turned red like a cherry. And she said, but you're so nice. <laughs> wow. And I looked at her and yeah. I said, I said, you see, ma'am, we're all nice. The caricature that you see on TV is not what we're all about. We're all trying to find the same things. And like you see, you actually like what we're talking about. And, she, you know, at, at first, she, you know, after the shock left, she just, you know, she she just had that stare in her eyes like, wow, you know, and then she, you know, she, when she's leaving, she was like, wow, it was great having the conversation or whatever. I hope to see you here more often so we can talk about these things. So, I mean, uh, the, the kind of stuff that I talk about in the book really works. But what I kind of catered it with as well is not only how to talk to these people, but to make sure that progressives uh, have the talking points. So mm-hmm. a lot of this book has the talking points on Medicare for All, what the Green New Deal and and all these different things in in, in in a language that people can see it's not only terms. Why is it that an economy doesn't work? Why is it that these things are supposed to work the way they do? And I think that that was the, you know, that was kind of where we're coming from when we wrote the book.
2: Awesome. What's your goal? Like if you if if you say okay, this is my life, my life path. This is this is um, you know, this is where I'm going to be. What's your goal? Like do you have like a certain percentage of people that you'd like to kind of change the way they think? Do you want it? are you happy if just one person does it? What what if you if you could have the perfect scenario, the perfect right. ending? What
1: what's what's the goal? From 30,000 feet, I want to change the world. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, on an individual basis, I love what you just said. Mm-hmm. I believe in doing it one person at a time, and I think if all of us do things one person at a time, because what happens is, the other day I was talking to somebody, and they said, "What do you do?" And I said, "The first thing I do is try to get them to like me, because if they like me first, they'll listen to me, right? They'll disagree with me, but they'll at least I'll at least have the audience if they if if the, if they if they don't have that wall initially up, you know." Uh, what I tell people is the biggest, you know, um, the worst thing I think a black person uh, hates is when a white person tells them you are not like the others. Mm. The best thing a black person likes to hear is that uh, that they, when they're talking to you, they don't uh, they, they don't talk to you as a black man, but they talk to you as a man. So there, there are two two distinctions, right? One is, uh, li- like, I remember one time I was out there, you know, because at Starbucks, this this particular Starbucks, a whole lot of folks like to come and have conversation. And if you want, I don't get upset often, but the one time you get up, when I get upset, it's when you're like, oh, but you're not like the others. And I'm like, BS, that's, that is like, that is like uh, calling me a reverse N or something like that, right? So no, yeah. that's not a starting point. Yeah. That's because that is an excuse for you to have a conversation with mm-hmm. me. In other words, you wouldn't otherwise have had a conversation with a black person. But because I have given you honorary whitehood or honorary something else, I feel okay to talk to you or to give you some. You know, that that is the excuse most racists use, right? Uh, you are, and the bad thing about it is too many of us fall into that that sphere where they think that is somehow a compliment. Mm -hmm. It's a
3: passive-aggressive, you know, know, it's it's a form of aggression, you know. Um, It's not meant to build you up or build the relationship. Like you said, it's meant to kind of have this, you know, disconnectedness um, with what you represent, right? And your identity. And you're right, it is terrible to have what do you look like when you get angry? You seem like you're very easy
1: Oh, I, I, you know, you know I, I can get angry. I, yeah. I, I can get angry. But, you know, again, being doing video, radio and all of that, the one promise I made is that I would you would you would rarely ever, ever see me. Uh, I have full control of my faculty. Well, mm-hmm. 99.9% of the times I have full control of my faculties. But after that, you know, there's uh, the, you get at my daughter, you're in trouble, man.
0: Um, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> we cut to we cut to
1: a uh, a bus
0: driving down the road, a long lonesome road. Uh, and and Amici, I gotta say, you know, sitting here on this bus for the last ten hours chatting with you, it's been great. It's been great. I, I I've been loving every second of it. Um, it's really great meeting you. Uh, I have a bit of a confession that okay. I want to get out. Um, I. I know i probably should have said this sooner but if i take this hat off you'll see that i'm actually a human-sized alligator and i just didn't want to freak you out um yeah yeah i'm You're actually yeah I'm, I'm wearing i'm wearing clothes right i got the shirt on but if you, if you look at my hand a little closely you'll see it's actually a claw oh my um, god I yeah yeah and i have you know, the hat was obscuring it, but I have a really long mouth that you know could, <laughs> could crush bone if I you know oh, really wanted to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, th- I'm still the same alligator. I'm still the same guy that we've been chatting with the whole time. You know, wow. I have my views on on you know friends and
4: which <laughs> mm-hmm, <to> <laughs> right
0: Chappelle special is the best one. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So You're I just—is that okay with you? Are you good with that? Um,
4: yeah, it's, it's just. You
0: know, you don't like the other alligators I've met in my life. Um, what's, what's that supposed to mean? I mean, I, mean, I, feel, like, I feel like, you know, this is, this is kind of why I do what I do, because the news portray us as as monsters and animals out there in the swamp trying to steal babies. That's not what we do. That's not what we do. I'm saving up to buy a house right now. It's really hard to get a loan as an alligator. Sure.
4: Sure. I'm just saying from my own personal experience,
0: uh-huh. the other alligators I've met, um,
4: One, took my left hand and that's kind of colored my experience and and thoughts about- So you had
0: one bad experience with one (laughs) alligator and now all of a sudden you have a view on all the alligators. Don't you think it's a little, don't you think you're kind of being a little prejudiced right now?
4: I mean, it it, it was a, a
2: really big moment in my life, you know?
0: We cut to the alligator at home with
2: his wife. See, that's what I'm talking about. You always want to put on human clothes and try to engage humans. You want to talk to them, see how they think, you know, thinking if you could just change one human at one a time. One human at a they're time. They're going to be different with us. Well, they're not. I've been trying to tell you, Antoine, we're alligators. We eat humans.
0: That's no, okay. Don't. No, we don't. That's what the news says about us. That's what the news says. We're carnivores just like them. There's nothing wrong with eating humans.
2: That's what we have done, that is who we are. Let There's me take my human
0: clothes off before you start
2: saying this stuff. Uh, see, on. that's what I knew. I knew <laughs> when I bought those. A rock
3: crashed through the window with a oh, lord. Get out of here, Gator.
2: <laughs> you see, you see this, you see.
0: Look, yeah, yeah. I see, I see. They're not ready. They're not ready. They're not getting the message.
2: And you're going to change them by wearing human clothes? I say we just go out there and chomp, chomp, chomp them down. Ain't nothing else they can do. If we run fast enough, we get about 30 miles an hour. If we get them fast enough, there's nothing they can do. And if enough of us are doing it, what can't the alligators take over?
0: That's what I'm trying to avoid. I want to be peaceful here. I want to be the nicest alligator they've ever met. I want to Where's the, the the fighting alligator man I'm married? You've gotten older that. was back in kids, college. That's right. The that was kids back are gone in now. alligator you just, in college.
2: You, you just want to be all nice with them and talk to them and write books about it. It's not, I don't
0: know. What? You, what, what don't you know? What, I'm still the same alligator. I'm just going about it a different way. I'm trying to speak their language. The way we're we, doing it is we're just going to butt heads.
4: We, we Cut to Amici's house.
0: Hey man, everyone, uh, Thank you so much for
4: coming to my to my birthday party. I really appreciate it. Yeah, um, I
0: appreciate it. Su- the invite surprised me. Okay,
4: hey everybody, my my alligator friend is here now.
2: What? Uh, oh, what? You got oh. an alligator friend? Yeah. Oh, the- yeah, I do.
0: He didn't okay. bite you or nothing? No, he's very articulate. He, he's he's very 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 ridiculous. articulate. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a second. You don't have to introduce me as your alligator friend. All right, I'm just. Another being that we can speak with. We can all be friends. It's not. It doesn't matter that I'm an alligator, all right? Oh, I'm, Amici, I'm not Amici. particularly articulate for an alligator.
3: Amici, is this one of your
0: projects?
3: You always like working on some new thing every year. Does. You go he rescue does. a cat, and you want to, you know, bring it into the White House. Is this one of those things? Because I'm tired of it, honestly.
4: I, I mean, it kind of remember I lost a hand to an alligator, and I'm trying to get over that fear. You know, that's what I'm trying to face this year. you can never get over that
3: fear. I mean, look at him. Look at his look at his look mouth. At look at his look at his bone structure.
2: I mean, my
3: bone look
0: structure. Does He's anyone serious. want to discuss with Chappelle special looks like that? a swamp right now?
2: No. Amici, it's okay. I had I I had an alligator friend once, a long long time ago, back in college. It was really nice. He didn't bite anybody. As a matter of fact, he had all of his his teeth removed. He had his snout cut down. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he went on to marry a regular human woman, and everything was fine with him. So, you keep doing what you're doing. I like your project. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.
0: I don't think I don't think alligators need to have conversion surgery. I think that we're fine the way we are, and that as long as we can all appreciate what we bring to the table. Maybe,
2: Maybe a, we can... Yeah, hold on, I think he's
3: getting
0: table. a little angry. Yeah, speaking he's of a table, He's
2: don't
3: you feel? Uh, uh, what are you going to eat tonight, today, at this birthday party? I mean, I don't think I, alligators eat birthday cake.
0: We can! We can! We can eat birthday cake. We can eat chips. We got... There's a little uh, uh, cot- cotidary board. What's this? How do you pronounce it? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, 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 but, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah what that's why
4: I actually yeah. got something special for you. There's a couple of live chickens in that crate over there um, that I got just for you and I know I'm
0: you- gone. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I'm going oh, your to the love that stuff. And scene. Oh. Is <laughs> on these people? Good God. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: like that. Like like
3: <laughs> it's worth it. I just pictured he had on like that trench coat, like uh, Raphael had in the Ninja Turtles. When he was walking around New York with the, the the hat and the trench coat, like a really high. Yeah.
2: <laughs> in New York,
3: people just like who's
2: that? Guy. I pictured him in a button-down with a tie, kind of loosened about the neck. <laughs> just got off the yeah. world. Like he yeah, just got. Kind of like,
0: <laughs> he
3: wanted to be <laughs>
2: relaxed. He wanted to be relaxed. Relaxed me. Drinking Perrier water. so yes we just do it one at a time but how do you but really and truly though how do you how do you keep from really because that's one of my struggles because I just shut down like you know if I can't it it's hard for me to feel that I can have a productive conversation with people who are more than likely not willing to share power because in essence that's what the conversation is about you know, if you want to talk to somebody who's, you know, really right wing and you're progressive, you're really talking about, um, you know, somebody examining their position of power and then hopefully getting to the point of sharing. That's basically it. Sharing the power. Yeah. So how do you how do you how do you keep engaged in that without just like shutting down and shutting it out?
1: Usually I, I remind them that they're really powerless. In other words, you know, this mm. stuff about power is. Is a figment of their imagination, right? I mean, the only people that have power in this country is that top percentage, right? right? They're the ones that pull all the strings, and all the they keep all these people fighting among each others, and we're you know making believe that they have something. They have nothing. If you take a look at if you their yes. only power is uh, the power of those the, the prejudiced folks, let's say that supporting Trump, their power is that false belief by just saying. I am not the other makes me powerful or better. And then you then ask them, okay, so now that I'm out of the picture, what makes you part? They they figure out then they have nothing, right? So usually I I don't tell people things when I'm talking to them. Mm. I start asking them a lot of questions, right? Okay. Okay. And by asking question after question after question, because most people are smart, you know, even the right wing folks are smart. Mm-hmm. They just—they are just tunneled vision into you know into this. Thing. They haven't been
3: asked the right questions, right?
1: Mm-hmm. So I, okay. I keep asking questions and asking questions, and it's the funny thing about it is I capture them all of the times, right? And then, at then, by the time they they're starting to find that out, oh, they give, but then you know they're coming back because they have to go to their their false sources to try to come back. So it's sort of a back and forth, back and forth and sort of a battle of attrition. But the thing about it is that if the conversation is going on, right, that battle of attrition kind of comes, you know, uh, again, I have people I would say, well, I am with you. I agree with you, but I am a Republican. And I'm like, I'm not asking you to change what, you know, what what, uh, party you belong to or anything like that. I just want you to vote your interest. And it turns out your interest is also my interest you know and and that's the kind of technique that i use in other words the other thing i always remind folks is you know the truth a lot of these guys they don't want to they know the truth but they don't want to hear it because they'll have then have to accept it so the the, out i always give folks when i'm doing the campaigning part of this stuff and and it's sort of always remember things like this when you go into that voting booth remember you have a daughter a mother an aunt and all these people some of them and all these different need these different programs or whatever you can say whatever you want with your people out here in kingwood oh i hate them damn liberals or whatever but if you go in the, in the booth and do the right thing only you your god and the voting machine knows what the hell you did <laughs> So they you can know? keep up, keep up their, their keep supposedly it, for us like a harmful appearance, but do the right yeah. thing in private. <laughs> I give you a joke. You know, I I had this guy come. First of all, there two quick ones, really quick. A guy came in, completely anti-immigrant, completely anti-immigrant. You know and i looked at him and we, we we started talking about stuff and i just asked him a few questions and i then i ended it like you should do your research on your own don't listen to me do your research he comes back to starbucks a few weeks later and he said hey egbert i want to talk to you so yes sir he said i got something to tell you you're gonna like it i'm like what he said i don't only agree with immigration we need more but we need to do it this way and i said okay i said you know, write me a blog about it, and uh, you know, I'll post it. I figured the guy gonna say, "Hell no, I'm not gonna put my name on something that say I want to <laughs> So he said, "Hell yeah, I'll write it." And he wrote the Republican interpretation, of having a whole lot of immigration. I wouldn't have written it that way, but if it came up to a vote and we weren't in Congress, I'll vote for it. You know, <laughs> because it, it was good. So I mean, and that is the kind of the the, the the kind of techniques. It's like, okay, so you write the blog and all that. The other time is. These guys, I come in and we sit down and we talk and they agree or whatever. Then you see them, then you're in there and you see them with another group of friends, let's say in there and you walk in. You see the fear in their eyes that is he going to come and say something? I sure hope he doesn't. You're you're reading that just by their look, right? I hope he doesn't say something. So, I mean, they never have to worry me. I can read all this crap, you know? So I read it, I go sit down. And then later on when their, their, their friends leave, they may come and sit down hey, how you doing? Uh, How come you didn't come and say hi? (laughs) And I would say, well, I didn't want your friends to know that you were kind of hanging with the pink <laughs> are oh,
3: cheating on them. <laughs> I want to keep this thing on the DL. Yeah, you got a liver on the me. side.
1: <laughs> Tony <that> you got a lever. Yeah man. So so I mean so it, it you know the thing about it you have to be willing to play or if you're willing to play the game I, I always tell folks one one other quick thing. I always tell folks one thing. I think people are sick when they allow themselves to to get certain things right now, if you have a relative and that relative is sick, you're going to just about forgive everything that that relative does to try to help them along. And that's how I look at it. A lot of these people are just damn sick.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> yeah.
3: 100. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100, man. Wow. Well, excuse me. Um, what have you uh, have you heard of a guy named I gotta look his name up because it reminds me of uh, this guy I saw on the Joe Rogan podcast who successfully converted over like 140 Klansmen. I I heard that
1: guy <laughs> is great
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so he said the same thing you said he would do he would do it by um, first getting them to like him you know through relationship. Right, And he was spending a lot of time asking them questions and and having them justify and discuss how they reconcile the two things that they don't realize are opposing each other, right? They're just sitting in this, like, um, I forgot what he called it, but it was like a, um, he called it like a, like a hot box Mm -hmm. of rage and, and insecurity that these guys are just pumping into these other younger guys, you know, uh, the Dylan Roofs of the world, right? Not not just him. There's all these spectrum. But what I loved about the guy's interview with Joe Rogan was uh he met with like the Grand Dragon and ended up changing the Grand Dragon over, yeah. you know, through just having these these normal conversations and questions where they, they would have to go, you know, or if they say something like like he said something like, well, uh what does it say that God does, you know, God uh calls black people like, you know, the devil or something. And he has to actually walk through the scriptures, why he says it, Uh, he ends up getting tied, entangled with his idea, which is when he goes back to his his crew, get their (laughs) research together, (laughs) come back. By that time, you know, uh, the guy asks even deeper questions, right? Like he's not trying to ask questions to one up; He's really trying to ask questions to understand. And um, I think like that's where that's what the big thing that you said uh, the illness is is like empathy, right? Like if I choose not to look at the world a certain way, then I'm also choosing not to empathize with an individual, right? Just like if you're a young kid and you know and you see an older person struggling to walk across the street, and you're like, dang, you know, sucks to be them. They're old, and you take off like you know, ghost speed racer, right? Um, when you could actually help that person. You, you chose to willingly um be ignorant right i, I want to only look at it through my eyes and let this woman have some unforeseen consequences right because uh, it doesn't personally affect me or you know my idea of me right um and i'm gonna try to figure out what that guy's name was but um uh it, it was an incredible like 15 minute piece where he talked about meeting that grand dragon and just asking questions to get that guy to talk himself out of the clan.
0: <laughs>
3: I saw.
1: I think I saw it on Sixty Minute. They they had a piece on him on Sixty Minute. And for me, yeah. you know, you, you have this black guy that was a clank. I think they used to call him the Black Clanks man or something like yeah. that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Daryl Davis is the guy's
1: yeah.
3: name. Daryl Davis, yeah. <laughs> um, and he, I think he said he would play the piano. He would play the uh, what's, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, rock like a rock piano, some kind of old school rock piano. We would go around in his, in his band, and one of the places they stopped in was a notoriously, uh, like clan, you know, site. And the bar they went to was one of their satellite locations. And this white guy came up to him and said, "Hey man, how's you gonna have to play like uh, Jerry Lee Lewis?" And he was like, uh, "He said, oh." Um, Actually, I taught Jerry Lee Lewis how to play these chords. <laughs> and the guy was like, get the hell out of here. You're, you know, you're, you're black. You know who you are? And he was like, actually, I know Jerry Lee Lewis. And actually did. And called him. And he got to talk to Jerry Lee Lewis. And imagine this guy, this Klan, this guy who's a Klansman, he lives in this very isolated life. He's been told all of this propaganda of black people. He meets one who plays the piano better than the guy he has in his head. And then the guy introduces it to him, right? Yeah. So he has to go back to his place and justify being racist with a guy who introduced him to somebody who was like his hero, right? And that was like the domino effect of just having a normal human conversation.
2: And a we lot cut of different, to, go ahead. We cut to, we cut to uh, Tandy uh, on the phone with her father from college. Okay, dad, I know. I know, look, I know you like stolen pancakes, okay? But we've, we have we got the plan now, right? I'm going to make no, pancakes. No. I, I'm going to make pancakes here in college and I'm going to send them to you. And then you're going to tell people that you stole them. But just you and I will know that they're not stolen, okay? That I made the pancakes and they're for you. But But you don't, you want pancakes, right? You just want the pancakes. Yes, it doesn't so matter. Do. And you don't want to cook them. So you don't have to. It da- wasn't that I didn't want to da- cook them. I know, but Dad, it was
3: I was trying to save up enough money to go I, on my campaign. Okay, so dad. if I would take the pancakes, all right, it would be five mm-hmm. bucks and ninety-five cent a box of pancakes. Mm-hmm. That I saved over eighteen years, baby.
2: Right, this was the plan all along. Okay, okay, okay good. I agree That's with you. Plan. Plan. That's fine, but here's the deal. Answer me this: You want pancakes, right? You want to provide pancakes for your daughter, for your family, right? Yeah. Okay, so I'm just gonna help you do that. That I'm just gonna send you the pancakes. You can still tell people you stole them. It doesn't matter to me, but you and I will know. Okay, that I'm the not
3: pancakes- I stole them. That that's what the opposition is saying. I'm not the listen, okay. I knew this was gonna happen when you got the cop. I knew you were gonna get there. You're gonna start talking to all these people, and now you're trying to turn to a capitalist. We're not capitalists, all right? We're politicians. Okay, so I need you to take those pancakes. I need you to to you know take some cream and 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 say vote for Dad and send those pancakes to all your your college buddies. I know you got a lot of them.
2: That sounds good to me. I'll do that. I'll, I'll do that as as long as that keeps you out of the limelight and keeps you just you know everybody no, just no, focusing no, no, on the campaign no. and not pancakes. Just, I that's, got just, it. that's part
3: one of the plan. Part two of the I plan is after you deliver the, the pancakes, I'm gonna go and take them. So that we can draw some attention to the party, go! he's stealing all of my dad's pancakes? You must not want him to win this election. He's incredible. You know that—that's part two of the plan. We cut to Tandy.
0: We cut to Tandy at a college party where she's brought all these vote for dad pancakes and have them out with the snacks. Hey, um, these uh, did your pancakes here? Yeah, these are my pancakes. Vote for my dad. He's running for president. How does your dad feel about alligators?
2: Um, um, I mean, I guess like everybody else, you know, Um. alligators can be dangerous. You never know. Um, you know, they probably need to stay in their environment, and we we stay in our environment. We don't need to mix because it can be dangerous for us. So,
0: oh, I think your dad should stay in his environment where he steals because he's a dirty thief. Whoa.
2: Whoa! That? He still
0: pancakes that are dry as hell, and he steals them anyway. He's a problem.
2: Can you pick your look? Can you lift your head up a little bit? Are you are you an alligator, <laughs> sir?
0: Maybe. Are I you am. alligator in Reveal. human clothes <laughs> on a college campus? Yeah, I go here. I go here. This school lets alligators in. <laughs> yes, they do, and it's been fine. Hey, alligator's getting really upset
2: oh no
3: I'm not. I'm
0: not. He's, an, he's an angry alligator i'm leaving he puts his hat back on <laughs> uh, slithers out of the party <laughs>
4: oh my god that was intense
0: it's terrible
2: and my and i'm I, it's okay because i'm i'm preparing my unborn child i've been listening to i have um some tapes on the dangers of alligators i'm just putting those uh, uh headphones on my on my stomach Oh. You know, while the baby's growing, because I want the baby to grow up knowing about yeah, the dangers of can Start learning, learning. <laughs> and that is a
0: can't tell us nothing show. Everybody, thank you for listening, and thank you, Egberto, for being our very special guest. Been super honored. Please let the people know
1: where they can find you. Please uh, visit me at h, or rather, at Again, the website is politicsdoneright dot com. That's where we have the uh, radio show. And you can visit EgbertoWillies.com. That is where I blog. So please visit it. We have a lot of stories. And go, well, I don't know if I can say this, but the book is, uh, you know you, you know what happens when you don't remember the name of your own book? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it is, it's worth it. How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. Uh, yeah. it, uh, both at my website at Amazon as well.
0: John, can you put that on
1: the big... Can you make a screen bigger? Is that possible? So we can see the book. So but it's called it
0: It's Worth It. Yeah. Check it out on Amazon and Politics Done Right.
2: Bigger.
0: Yeah, I'm going to right yeah, have to get that book. I like that. Asking the
2: questions. You, you got a good plan. I like it. I didn't know. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs>
0: and if you want to find out more about us can't tell us nothing check us out online at cton improv all your favorite social media platforms c-t-u-n improv facebook twitter instagram c-t-u-n improv youtube all that stuff mockingbird network for the for the podcast uh 92 klz every wednesday at seven what am i forgetting i feel like there's is there something else facebook c-t-u-n improv yeah. Just, just look us up. Look us
3: up. up. Google. Google
0: For John, for Michi, for myself, Antoine, for Tandy, and for Alberto, thank you again. That's Ken Tell Us Nothing Show. We are out.